0: Content warning. Check the show notes for more information. It's Halloween. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. Although Casanova is best remembered as a womanising Lothario, he also had a degree in law and dabbled in medicine. And over the course of his quite extraordinary life, he could also lay claim to being a cleric and a soldier, a playwright and a violinist, a conman and a gambler, and today in history, a prison escapee.
1: Yeah, this is one of the most daring and haphazard, I mean, like farcical <laughs> prison breaks in all recorded history but I suppose like so much in Casanova's life there are certainly some grey areas I'm sure we'll come to that Mm. he comes out in his lifetime as the winner because ultimately he did break out of the Doge's palace in Venice during the Inquisition Uh, and aside from his accomplice as far as I'm aware is the only person documented to have ever done that
2: <laughs> so he'd been sentenced to 5 years in the leads, as it was called and it was this wing of eight cells in the palace itself although obviously not near any of the important people partying and you know having living the palace lifestyle it was used to hold prisoners who were high status or politically thorny in some way and it was named because it was below the lead roof of the palace Casanova wasn't particularly thrilled with the facilities they were they were fairly basic he had Although you know, these
1: days if you got to stay in the roof of a palace in Venice <laughs> on Airbnb you'd be happy wouldn't you I think yeah. the view
2: must <laughs> have been good
1: view you know? <laughs> was
2: good but inside it was just a straw pallet to sleep on he also had an armchair which proved really vital to the escape because he was allowed to go into the attic on you know, just a little walk, stretch his legs. He obviously wasn't being monitored very closely because on these walks he found a piece of stone and an iron bar. I'm like, well that's the last thing you want to leave lying around in your prison (laughs) exercise attic. Anyway but he was able to conceal these within the armchair I don't think prisoners should have upholstered furniture for this reason. And he (laughs) used the stone to strike against the iron bar and turn it into a stake to bore a hole initially in the floor and he'd almost finished this hole escape plan and then he was abruptly moved to a better cell he had been upgraded so I guess he had to act like he was really happy about it but he had almost finished breaking out of the first one
0: it's so funny because apparently his jailer who was by all reports a very nice and cheery man and by all reports I mean Casanova's book <laughs> so he's yeah you about, know, it's only p- from which
1: we know pretty much everything <laughs> yeah. and all we know so about th- Casanova yeah
0: right so even though history does support the idea that he did go to prison and then break out of prison, probably a lot of the detail of it is, you know, it's it's given an extra level of excitement thanks to the fact that its author was the person doing the jailbreaking. But anyway, so his jailer came to him and said... Uh, He was really happy to be moving him because one of his benefactors had arranged for him to get some slightly better uh, conditions.
1: To be fair, he'd only been imprisoned for being irreligious and possibly writing a poem. So, I mean, being locked up for 15 months already... Was quite a harsh punishment And really
0: primarily according to the tribunal That found him guilty and sent him to prison It was for public outrages against the holy religion And specifically they were worried about him Being dangerous for social stability So the case against him was relatively slight In any case, as he got moved His jailers found the hole that he had just finished making Apparently he was one hour away from executing his escape plan When they moved him to a different cell Uh, But they didn't, crucially find the whetstone and the iron bar that he'd been using to make the hole and they stayed secured in his armchair.
1: So then he enlists the help of a monk who is also imprisoned like himself and the monk agreed to join Casanova and aid with the escape but only after making Casanova promise that he had a solid plan for breaking out. I think (laughs) he speaks to Casanova's skills both with the ladies, you know, which is why he's famous, but also actually with all the gentlemen in Venice, which is how he'd managed to climb his way through society from Mm. relatively humble origins. He was a con man. He used Mm. a lot of cheek, he used a lot of mischief, he used a lot of chutzpah. He said what he needed to at the moment. Imagine Boris Johnson, but thinner in Italian, right? And he (laughs) says to this monk, yes, I've got a complete plan for escaping. You can trust me. Let's escape together. And over several Hard months, he and the monk laboriously (laughs) dig a hole from inside their cell and then climb out to freedom and then on the roof... He, of the palace, he turns around and says, actually, sorry, I haven't got a plan now. I don't know how to get down from here. Just before we get to the rooftop, I just have to give one detail of the story, which is so
0: incredibly Italian. So, the way that Casanova got the bar to this priest, Father Balbi, is that he transferred it to him by cooking a huge dish of macaroni and Parmesan cheese, which had this butter that was swimming up to the rim of the, of the dish, and then he put the bar into a huge Bible, and then put the dish on the Bible and gave both to his jailer and told him that he had to be very careful not to spill the cheese and the butter onto the expensive Bible as he carried it to his friend. And so the jailer was like concentrating on that rather
1: than the fact the, that he was the carrying... The jailer
2: was like well can't I just hold one thing in each hand? was like no, no, no. no
1: questions. <laughs> yeah. You're wrong, the most Italian part of the escape was the nap that he took in the library midway through the escapade That's so <laughs> he could figure out the next phase.
2: Yeah, so they got onto the roof and they did have a way of getting down but they did have a sheet with a knot in it but obviously they are on the roof of the palace so that's not going to get you to the ground so instead they smashed a dormer window and they lowered themselves down on the sheet rope and they were just in some random room of the palace then so then they took a nap and then the next morning they they just did a sitcom b-plot basically where they (laughs) pretended that they were guests who'd accidentally been locked in after a party the night before and people just waved them through i mean there were only eight cells you'd think that the staff would learn to recognize who the eight prisoners were Uh, precisely to avoid a situation like this
0: (laughs) also then the fact that they got onto a gondola at sunrise i mean this has now got to be (laughs) artistic embellishment (laughs) but at least according to casanova thus did god provide me with what i needed for an escape which was to be a wonder if not a miracle i admit that i am proud of it he's proud of quite a lot of his exploits let's face it in the course of his life but this one was remarkable
1: But also he's nostalgic about a lot of his exploits. And he's nostalgic Mm. because we know about these experiences because of his infamous memoir, The Story of My Life, 3,000 pages long, written in his 60s. And the narrative stops before he becomes an older man. It's all about the virility and the escapades and exploits of youth. And so it is the work of a 60-year-old kind of failed writer. People have forgotten he'd written loads of other stuff. He wrote a five-volume work of science fiction set in the interior of the earth he wrote a whole load of stuff that no one was bothered to read.
2: The publisher was like put, could you put like 300 more sexual encounters
1: Yeah, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> can, can this future guy be shagging more people? <laughs> and this was him trying his hand at Bonkbuster.
2: And in the final years of his life he'd fallen on hard times, he had a real boom and bust approach to his lifestyle, you know, and at this point at the end he was in a bust phase, he was ridden with syphilis and probably all of the other sexually transmitted diseases under the sun and he, yeah. he was working this remote castle in bohemia as a librarian to a lord so his life was really on the downswing, he didn't speak German, nobody there liked him so he's sitting there at the desk and now picture, you know, he's going back in time like a funky jazz version of Girl from Panema <laughs> is playing and he's going back to his <laughs> early days because he was born in Venice which was the swingiest place to be in Europe at the time. it's his like the Las Vegas
1: of Europe wasn't it? Yeah. Gamblery. Yeah
2: well it was I mean for one thing there was the Venice Carnival which at the time was a byword for revelry and then his parents were bohemian actors which was setting the scene for his own life which was obviously very theatrical but he didn't see much of them looking at his early years a modern psychological reading might suggest the origin point for his need to constantly be shagging which was that he was raised by his grandmother because his parents were always away touring with their theatre troupe and then she sent him to boarding school supposedly for his health but he wrote later that he thought it was to get rid of him so he had a big emotional void and lots of feelings of abandonment but we're in 18th century Venice so don't worry about that it probably doesn't mean anything (laughs)
0: Well, he filled that void uh, by, well, two things (laughs) By filling voids Yeah, well, that's what happened First of all, he entered the University of Padua at the age of 12 So he was incredibly sharp, even from a very young age But then the other way that he found to make himself happier was to have a lot of sex And his first uh, sexual encounter was with not just one, but two sisters Who he slept with at the same time Which, if that wasn't sort of peculiar enough, he later wound up in bed with one of the two again and her daughter, who was also yeah. his own daughter.
1: <laughs> mm. uh, no s- Yes. So it um Although he it, said that he didn't have sex with her. He said he left her intact, quote.
2: I think I mean, that's f- I think that's to be admired.
1: Yeah very generous to Casanova. <laughs> yeah. So to apply modern filters onto this, you know, people now have have uncovered what we would now think of as rape and even murder, actually in one Mm. case from his story, which at the time were seen completely as jolly japes from his life story. Although it is worth putting it in the context of a time when it it wasn't unusual to have a sex worker who was 14 years old or to marry a 13 year old. That's the sort of thing that was happening commonplace. So that, that doesn't mark him out in and of itself. But obviously his attitude to women can now seem to be uh, well, let's be honest, pretty, pretty disposable. Mm. But, you know, it, it is interesting to note that he did seem to care what people thought of him, and that included the women that he slept with. He didn't want to hurt anybody. No. Apart from the person he murdered. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tomorrow. And many right. presidents, yeah, have actually left the White House in really, really serious debt, including Bill Clinton. Ditch the ads and get a Sunday episode when you join Club Retrospectors.